everybody. Welcome back to Psych with Dr. DK. I am here today going to be talking about eating disorders. And I know that is a topic I feel like that is not talked about enough. Um, typically, if someone's struggling with their eating habits or maybe their self-image, I think a lot of people just misunderstand what's happening on uh, happening to them or their thought process. I think everyone thinks that an eating disorder is only when you think you want to be skinny um, or that you always think you're too big. Um, which kind of sums up what an eating disorder is, correct? Not really. So with an eating disorder, what that is, is there's actually different types of um, eating disorders and, and it could be mild to severe. And what it is, is it's, it's a disturbance in their eating behavior and distressing thoughts and emotions. So this uh, actually comes from psych, uh, psychiatry.org. Um, psychiatry.org. I don't know why I said it that way, psychiatry.org. But it's very serious because it affects the physical, psychological, and social functions of an individual. So when we're looking at eating disorders, we typically understand that it could be something like bulimia. Um, So the different types, let me go, I'm I'm actually going to be pulling this from healthline.com. You can um, look this up for yourself if you're looking at maybe what uh, the signs are for someone who has an eating disorder. We'll talk a little bit about that today. Um, But I think it's really, really important for people to understand that there are more, more than just anorexia. Um, anorexia nervosa is actually the eating disorder name that most people know it. These typically are like, oh, you're anorexic because you're really small. You're really skinny. Um, but anorexia is the inability to gain weight. Anorexia nervosa is when the person is causing that themselves. They're putting themselves in the position to not gain that weight. Really what happens with that is, you know, they're restricting their eating patterns. Maybe they are um, afraid and it's a fear of gaining weight. Um, And there's other physical contributions that can happen to that. Um, Sometimes men or women will feel pains in their joints or their chest uh, when they feel like they've eaten too much or they're going to gain too much weight or they step on the scale and they went up a pound and all of a sudden they're trying to be thin or... um, just they're not wanting to keep a healthy weight. Even if they're 120, they still think they're super fat. Typically, people with anorexia nervosa, um, typically, not always, but they they believe that they have a heavier self. Their body is heavier than what it actually is. And they are typically uh, super skinny people already. Now, anorexia nervosa can be in people who are overweight as well. Um, and, and you see that extreme weight loss, but it is something that most people know what it is. Now, the other types of, um, eating disorders are bulimia nervosa. This is a caused by someone who is purposely, um, they're, it's, they're purposely, eating unusually large amounts of food in a specific time period, but then they're, they're, um, they're, they're throwing it up. So I got distracted, uh, but, but they're real, they're purposely doing this on purpose. Like they'll binge eat and then they'll, they'll, they won't eat for a period of time and then they purge it. Um, and it, it's really bad for your body. Uh, some people who have bulimia nervosa, they will actually um, 
force vomit themselves they'll force force fast feeding for themselves they'll take laxatives or diuretics to try to get their body to lose the weight and they're super super um stressed out with exercise like they have to exercise all the time and and it is not to gain muscle like they're not lifting weights it's like they're running and they're doing all of these workouts to try to lose that weight. Um, They're consistently measuring themselves and and things like that. And it's very sad to watch someone go into that, um, into, into what that is. Now, there also is binge eating disorders where some people are, uh, it's not really about the weight gain, excuse me, the weight gain. It's actually about just eating as much as you can when you can and overeating. Um, Binge eating, I don't feel like a lot of people really recognize binge eating as a disorder. They're just kind of like, yeah, that person eats a lot of food or like that person's just really unhealthy. But it really binge eating is horrible for your body because you are eating too much in and you're consuming too much too quickly. And it is during that type time periods and short periods of time Um that typically the individual feels a lack of control over being able to eat. Um, so they just eat and eat and eat and they, they can't stop themselves. And I, I feel like binge eating is, is really, it's a struggle because when you say like, I have a, I have a hard time with food. Um, I don't, maybe someone is trying to work through it and they'll say like, I have a hard, a hard time with portions or portion control. Um, but they over consume what they eat. This looks like someone who might have a ton of food on their plate and then, then they go and get more food and they might be small. They might be a small person and they might be a large person. It doesn't matter. Um, but this binge eating is very, very bad on the body because it really does hurt your organs and your body's ability to process the food quickly when you're binge eating. Now there's another one that's called Pika. Uh, Pika, Pika, uh, Pikachu. I don't know, just kidding. It's called Pika. Uh, it's an eating disorder that involves um, eating things that are not considered food uh, and don't provide n- nutritional value. So this could be ice, dirt, chalk, soap. Um, this is a little bit more. Um, kind of all over the place. It's not just children who suffer with it or adolescents. Pair up. Uh, Uh, adults can also suffer from this and it really is hard because it's like it's not hear me out there's a difference because some people might be listening and being like I love ice Um, but it is the obsession over having this like I have to eat this I need this and there is no nutritional value in it Um, and and it's 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 a hard they, they have to overcome when they're working through that. Um, another one is rumination disorder. It is newly recognized actually. And it's where, it's where a person is, they're eating food, um, that they have previously chewed and swallowed and they'll regurgitate it so that they can rechew it and then re-swallow it. And then they spit it out. Uh, it's really gross. I, it's, it's something that I think is really difficult because it does develop early on in life, um, but it requires therapy to solve it. And I'm not sure, like, it just, to me, regurgitating food does not sound pleasant. Um, but it is something that, like, it. I don't even know if it's like an OCD, like I didn't chew enough. And then, but it, it's the obsession of throwing it back up to re-chew and re-swallow. 
Um, and then avoidant restrictive food intake disorder. This one's different uh, because it is previously um, known to be something that's diagnosed from infancy to early childhood up until the age of seven. And um, this usually is someone who is completely has a lack of interest in eating or um, a taste for certain things that they won't eat. They avoid foods. They're, they're, they're not picky eaters. Like it's not like, hey, my kid's just picky, but it is someone who it's like they can't even be um, in certain environments when that item, that food item is present. Um, so these, these are just different types. There's tons of other stuff. There's like purging disorder, night eating syndrome, and so on and so forth. I feel like I'm going to be honest, and this is not to sound critical of anybody, but I feel like because our, our minds are so complex and we really don't understand how the mind works all of the time, um, there are just so many disorders out there. And sometimes these disorders, um, I think, are our way in America specifically, um, to try to be understood by people. And um, sometimes I feel like when, when we get a new DSM where we get, uh, we talk to someone and they're like, I have all of these disorders, it can, it can seem like people are just saying things to say things. People are just bringing on a label just to bring on a label to themselves. And, and sometimes that's, it's the truth that that's what's happening. And then sometimes it's a serious issue that's going on. Um, for myself, I have struggled with binge eating. I have also just struggled with anorexia nervosa. Um, and I've also just made myself starve. So, I mean, that's part of the, the bulimia nervosa where, you know, you're, you're, you're really struggling with um, frequent eating and you eat large meals and then you don't eat for a long period of time. And a lot of that stemmed from not, um, first off, not understanding my body could be different. Uh, but also um, growing up, I was repeatedly told by my parents that skinny was what it was. Like you, if you are skinny, you're healthy. And if you're skinny, people will like you. Um, there was also some other physical features that it didn't matter about the heart. It didn't matter about, um, being a good person. It was, if you looked this way, you are considered beautiful. And, um, there were multiple times that both parents pulled at my side, my skin, my arms, and they were like, you're getting bigger. Um, and both of my parents were overweight, like by severe, uh, the binge eating, actually came in because both my parents did it. Um, and there, there was some lack of education of what to eat and how to eat. Um, so there was that, but then, uh, I went from 90 pounds to 180 pounds within a couple of months because I was eating the way that they were. And that's when they started pulling at my skin and saying like, you need to lose weight. And again, like my parents were like over 300 and something pounds and I was just this little thing. Um, but even when I was 90 pounds, I was told repeatedly that, you know, beautiful was skinny. Um, and then in high school, I was bullied by a girl. Um, and she was telling me that m men didn't like bigger women. Um, and so 
I really struggled then at, at that point too. Um, and then here, here's the other unfortunate thing was my family grew up poor, um, because poor decisions of my parents of finances and things like that. And one income with so many children, um, there was that, that if you're eating, you're eating what we're cooking. Um, but the, what we're cooking isn't healthy. Uh, and there were times that we would go days and, and weeks without like proper food. Um, we wouldn't have three meals a day. Maybe we would have one. So we would overeat and it usually was like spaghetti or big things like pasta, like any type of pasta my family made. Um, it didn't, we never learned growing up healthy habits, but what that can turn into when you don't learn those healthy habits is addictive behaviors. And I realized that working out became one of those things that it was like, oh, you work out to get skinny. Um, and I have had to relearn and retrain my brain uh, first off, recognizing in therapy what those things were and why I had self-image issues and poor image issues um, and that like makeup and doing your hair and like losing weight and things like that did not, they don't define you. Like how we look is not who we are, but who we are on the inside is who we are. And so if we're ugly on the inside, like if I'm a nasty person and I'm rude to people, people are just not going to like me. Um and it doesn't matter how much makeup I put on my face. It doesn't matter how much my hair colors change. change. It doesn't matter if I cut my hair or not. It doesn't matter if I eat healthy or not. Like if I'm a nasty person, I'm just, people aren't going to like me. And so I had to realize that in therapy, it had nothing to do with the way that I looked. Um, but also I had to realize how to re-eat um, because a diet to me wasn't about restricting certain things. It was literally eating bare minimum just to fill myself up enough, then go work out and then do that again. Um, so I had no portion control and no portion understanding. So when I learned that in my 20s, I was shocked. Like, oh my gosh, I can eat spaghetti and be okay weight wise. But what I need to do is portion control. I need to understand why it's important to have chicken in, and, and vegetables in my diet. Um, it became such an obsession for me that I was afraid for a whole really long time to get pregnant. Um, I was, and I'm not, I'm not saying just a little fear, like I was terrified because my mom did not eat healthy when she was pregnant and had a lot of issues like high cholesterol, high blood pressure, um, gas, gestational diabetes, uh, and, uh, anemia and some things that like, because of the nutritional factor being gone, her body wasn't getting what it needed when she was pregnant. And that, that was rough. Um, and then when, when she had to eat healthy on when she was pregnant, it was even harder for her because her stomach was wanting more food and her body just wasn't, it just wasn't a good thing. And it was dangerous. And that was the thing that I was just like, oh, I'm prone to that. Like that's, you know, that I, I told my doctor, I was like, hey, I don't know. Like I'm, I'm pregnant now. But in the beginning I said, hey, I have, a, I have some silly questions, but I don't know um, if this is genetic or if this is a lack of nutrition in my family. 
Like, I'm just going to be honest. And so she asked some questions and I said, okay, well, this is what I was. She goes, to me, it sounds like it was a lack of understanding of nutrition, not genetics, but we will keep an eye on you. And so what, you know, with my husband, I was like, I just want to eat healthy. I just want to have a healthy pregnancy. I just want to have a healthy baby. I don't want to have those extra things that I can control. If it's not genetic, I, I want to be careful. And, and I've been following a good nutritional plan. I've been eating when I'm hungry, um, which is good. And I'm just not overeating. And like when I'm saying overeating, my parents would have like a plate and it would be like stacked. Like if they had pasta, um, it would be stacked. We would cook two full spaghetti pans and they would be like those big pans like this. Um, and they'd be full and we'd, we'd cook so much food. Um, and then they would have like two or three plates of that and then like breakfast we would have chili rice with eggs on top lunch would be sandwiches and we have like two or three sandwiches and then for dinner we would have a whole thing of spaghetti and it was like they'd have two or three plates that's what they ate during all of it like and then all the soda and then you know so it was just not healthy and so I had to relearn through therapy and through a nutritionist who helped me really understand like Denisha you can have spaghetti but you have to learn portion control going back for three or four platefuls is not nutrition control it's not portion control it's not nutritious for your body you're expanding your stomach that far because you are not eating right so if in like this is this is a rule that kind of like because I grew up poor it was like whatever's on your plate is what you eat and so my nutritionist the my coach who was like hey this is what you gotta do is put less on your plate what if you if you were in that mindset of you have to eat what's on your plate put less on your plate and so I started doing that. Uh, that really helped because it would, you know, and then put more protein. So I put protein like chicken and vegetables on my plate versus like the mashed potatoes. Uh, I'd still put them on there, but I'd put like half of what I was going to do. And then it was, and then this was the key. And like something that really helped me um, was that we, I had to stop looking at food of, of two things. Like I'm not going to have it again to the next meal and not or, but and and I had to realize that food is not the problem. Food is not the problem. It is my choosing of the food that was the problem. It was my choosing of the portions that was the problem. And so I've had to relearn this. And I've also done this during my pregnancies. Instead of going for ice cream, um, I'm going for protein bar. That is a healthy protein bar. So if it's in my kitchen, I'm going to eat it. If it is in you know, my grasp, I'm going to eat it, but also I'm not going to beat myself up when I choose donuts. Like I'm just not. And I think that is the thing that really got to me was for so long, I had been fighting against food and that like, and then beating myself up for it. I would eat healthy for a week and then I would eat one meal that was bad. I'm like, oh my God, I just ruined my whole thing. And it's like, if you're eating the majority of the time healthy and you have one cheat meal or you have a cheat day, that one day is not going to throw your entire week off. But what you have to do is get back on. And that's where, where, you know, you don't have to have your food tasting gross. I think that's a misconception too. Um, so I had to realize that diets don't work for me because it's all about restrictions and feeling guilty for what you have. 
it, it, excuse me, <laughs> I have the hiccups. Um, it really comes down to how you think about food. And so for me, I have learned over time that eating disorders can be a couple of things. Sometimes it is how you look at your body. And honestly, like if I, one of the other things that I've had to really work through is self-image and like looking at other women and being like, oh my God, their body is so perfect is I have to realize that all of our body shapes are different. How I gain weight or lose weight might be different than how you gain or lose. How, especially during like a pregnancy, um, I think this is the hardest part for most women is that when we get pregnant, um, our body changes in how it holds things. And because you're growing a baby or maybe two or three or four, your body is going to adjust to that. And most women during pregnancies will have a really hard time with weight gain because their body is changing. And then they'll compare their bodies with some other pregnant lady and be like, oh my God, but she's not carrying the baby this way. I'm carrying the baby like this. And oh my goodness. And I'm so fat and I'm this and I'm that. And you're like, just stop. (laughs) Like you have to remind yourself pregnant or not pregnant, female or male, your bodies are different than other people. And it responds differently to other things. So what you need to do is if you're like, okay, if you are, if you're overweight, you do want to talk with someone, a nutritionist and a doctor to see what's going on because maybe a thyroid issue is happening. Maybe you have high blood sugar. Maybe you don't, maybe you just, just, you're not eating healthy stuff. So you want to talk to someone and plan through that. So that way you are able to make better choices based on your body. Um, some people might have issues with, like I do, I have issues with processing processed sugar. My stomach doesn't handle it well. My body processes it, but my, my stomach doesn't handle it well. So what do I need to do? It isn't build an intolerance to it by drinking it more. It's okay. Let's find stuff that doesn't have processed sugar in it and drink that instead. So that way your body, when it does have it, it can fight it a little bit better. But if it's already having an intolerance to it, you need to cut it out so that your body can heal and then maybe process it later. And if you still have issues, then just cut it out. Like just don't play the game of I'm just going to hurt my body. Um, But when we learn those things, that first is like our bodies are different. They're going to process things different and and that it all comes down to being healthy. It's not about size. It's about being healthy. I I feel like we start to accept our bodies a little bit more. Um, and I mean, I've struggled with an eating disorder since I was eight, eight years old. And, and really it came down to how people were looking at my body and telling me that my body wasn't normal. And then telling me like, you know, here you go, but not equipping me. Like no one should ever look at someone and be like, Hey, you're really fat. You need to go lose weight. But if I love you and care for you, I'm just going to say like, hey, I've noticed you've been really harsh on yourself with how your body looks. Um, Is everything going okay? Well, I'm struggling with my weight. What are you doing? What are you already doing? Well, I'm doing all of these things. Okay, let's talk through some other options. Maybe, Maybe you're eating all the right things and you're working out and nothing is happening. That's when you need to visit the doctor to see if something else medically is happening within your body that needs to change so that it can be better. I don't know. Maybe there's that. 
So there's just, there's a lot of things in, and it's really hard. It is hard to have an eating disorder. It really is. And the reason that it is, is because it's so taxing on your body already, but your mind is also attacking you and saying your body is just disgusting and gross and look at your body and you need to change this. And it's, it's hard. It is so hard. And, and, and I have struggled with it my whole life. Um, I'm 32 now and struggling it since I was eight. Like that is my, almost my entire life. Um, it is rough. It is really rough because when you are doing good, you don't even notice it. And there's photos that like I'll look back on even pre-pregnancy and I'm like, oh my God, I was so small. And yes, I'm growing a baby. So yes, my stomach is out <laughs> and like, it's fine. Um, and I honestly, I, I'm so thankful I haven't struggled as much with it where I'm like crying or anything like that. I'm not doing that. But I think it's because of all the work I've had to do beforehand. Um, but I also still have struggled with looking at pictures from when I was in high school or early college and being like, oh my God, I was, I was so fit. And I'm like, eh, mentally though, I was tiny, but mentally I was not fit. And so why, why do I work out now? Why do I eat healthy now? It's to make my body stronger. And instead of saying like, well, I'm working out and eating healthy to get skinny. It's no, no, no. I am making my body stronger. I don't work out to just work out. I work out to help my joints. I work out to help my body be strong, to pick up boxes or to, you know, hold a baby eventually, um, to be able to stand for long periods of time. That's why I work out. I work out to strengthen my muscles and strengthen my body to be able to do everyday things. I eat healthy to re-energize my body, to help my body, um, do what it needs to do to think critically, to be on top of my game. Um, I drink a ton of water to help my body to heal. Like the more water you drink, the less likely you are to have, uh, issues with acne and your skin and wrinkles and things like that. But it's like, it's not, I don't drink water just because I'm like, I don't want wrinkles. I'm going to get wrinkles, but guess what? And I'm going to get acne. I still break out. I'm 32 and I still have acne, but my breakouts are not as bad. And that's the whole point is, is what are you doing to refuel and re-energize your body? And how are you making your body stronger? And I think there is an obsession that can happen. And, and here's again, here's the thing is you can struggle with an eating disorder and be fit. You could look and have these muscles. You can look fabulous. And mentally you're still like, Ugh, I'm disgusting. I'm so big. I'm so this. I'm so that. I'm not skinny enough. And it's a mental block that happens that really hinders us from being able to um, look at our body and say, like, my body is strong. So when you're walking into this conversation of eating disorders, I think it's it's really... um, it's hard because you want to understand exactly what what you're looking at. Um, and I think really what it comes down to is you having to tell your your body and your mind you you need to be strong and healthy. That's what it needs to be. You don't need to worry about how you look. You need to stop worrying about your clothes size and you need to start worrying about um really just worrying about where you're at mentally and emotionally. 
Like that's what you need to focus on. And then ask yourself, am I working out because I want to be stronger or am I working out because I want to be skinny? That's what you have to ask yourself. And that's super hard to do sometimes. It's hard to be honest with yourself, but it is definitely a good thing to sit back and say, okay, you know what? I'm going to look at this. I'm going to really ask myself that question. Do I eat um, well? (laughs) Am I eating to refuel my body or am I eating because I'm emotional? I used to also be an emotional eater. I still am. So I have to be very careful. It's not something that I used to be. I am. I have had and and still struggle with my body image. I still struggle with overeating. I also struggle with undereating and I struggle with emotional eating. I have had to work on that a lot. And I think um, I'm not the only one. You know, I'm I'm looking up a statistic right now with the worldpopulationreview.com. It says the United States is the 12th highest country uh, or sorry, in the world. It is the 12th highest obesity rate in the world at 36.2%. So we 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 have a high population and really what it is is because most of it is like we have packaged food, it's fast food, everyone's eating large portions. Um we eat a lot of of things that have butter and sugar and salt in them. Um and it's they're they're very low in vitamins and nutrition. And so when we look at that um it is a huge like wake up call <laughs> to be like, oh, a lot of it has to come down to how we eat. And so obesity is so high. And then um, eating disorders, according to ANAD.org, 9% of the population uh, struggles with an eating disorder and six less than 6% have a eating disorder that is medically diagnosed as over uh, underweight. So that's a pretty big portion. Um, and, and the biggest, the number one in the U.S. at least, according to health.usnews.com, anorexia nervosa is the number one eating disorder because people are just so hyper-focused on having a low body weight. And, and it's like you have a, a low body weight, but you think that you're overweight, so you're, you're starving yourself. And, and it's really, again, and I think a lot of this can come down to a lot of different things is, is control. Some people maybe want, they, they feel like this is the only thing that they can control. Maybe there's abuse. Um, and the, it's hard. It, you, poverty can cause it as well, I think. But it is hard because there's just all of these images across. And it, it, it starts young. And it's not always, and, and you guys are going to say this and like probably think I'm crazy for saying it, but think it's wrong. Um, I think a lot of this has to do with how we're raised. I don't, hear me out. (laughs) It starts with how we're raised. It starts like, ask yourself, like, have I learned healthy eating from my family? Yes or no? Okay. And then now it's reiterated through society, magazines, um, TV, social media, and people around us. Like, little kids are starting to recognize that some of their friends are bigger than them. And instead of a parent saying, excuse me, that's not nice. You don't say that to people. Um, Everybody is different and every person has a different body type. Like that's not okay to say like they're fat. Um, They ignore it. It's true. And like, I've had conversations with parents 
uh, that I babysat for. And I'm like, hey, like I kind of called them out on this because they were literally telling the, the kid next to them that they were fat. And they're like, yeah, we're honest in our household. And I was like, no, you're screwing this kid up. And then it's reestablished by the society that we live in to say, hey, this is real. And and here's this is not a body shaming conversation. Um, we all have different body types, but all that matters at the end of the day is if you are healthy. That is all that I care for. And you have to ask yourself, like, is it what I'm eating? Is there something else going on that might need to, I need to go to the doctor to check for? Um, I actually found out I did a hair test. It's, it's kind of cool just how much technology has expanded in the last decade. Um, and how many companies do this and you don't always have to go to the doctor, but I did a hair test that checked to see where my vitamins, minerals were, and also my food intolerances. Like how, how does that help me or, or hinder me? And I found that there were some vitamins and minerals that my body was lacking and excuse me, um, those, the ones that I was lacking were those that helped my food process stuff. No, let me rephrase that. The, the vitamins and minerals I was lacking were the ones that were supposed to help my body process the food that I was eating. I don't know what I said before, but it sounded wrong. So I hope that makes more sense. So the vitamins and minerals, when we were lacking certain things, our body isn't able to process the food that we're eating. And so I was really low on energy. Um, like, oh my gosh, I just didn't even like, it was a mess. It was just a mess. <laughs> I had like no energy at all. And so I got biotin and biotin and B, B3 and another one, put those together and started taking those every single day. And within a couple of weeks, I started to notice I wasn't exhausted by nine o'clock in the morning. And then like I started getting like I, I would get energy after eating. And so my body needed those supplements. I was very low in biotin and um it just helped my body process the food better. So when I'm when I when I'm talking from this this experience, it's not to say like, oh my God, shame on you for having an, a body that looks like yours. But what I'm saying is, hey, if you're experiencing these things, you do not have to live your life unhealthy. You might be bigger and still be really healthy. But to sit there and shame people for having this conversation of like, hey, I am overweight and I'm not talking about, you know, the doctor standards of I'm five, five, eight, and I'm supposed to be like 120 pounds. That doesn't work for my body, but I'm also not supposed to be 220 pounds, um, at five, eight. Like I need to re look at that to say, okay, what is considered healthy? How do I feel? Do I have the energy that I need? Am I being able to move? Um, am I working out to be strong? What am I doing to help my body? Uh, or am I having issues? Um, you know, we're supposed to poop like three times a day and most people don't poop three times a week. That's not good. Um, we're supposed to be going to the bathroom a lot. We're supposed to be peeing. We're supposed to be drinking enough water. And that's the thing is so many people I've talked to, they're like, I hate water. I don't want to drink it. And I'm like, your body is literally made of water. I'm checking up the statistic right now. 60% of our body is water. <laughs> like we are supposed to have that amount. 
and it helps our brain, our blood, our heart. And so I, uh, if we look at usgs.gov, it says in adult men, 60% is water, 50%, uh, it doesn't say women, um, the amount of water in the body changes with age, sex and hydration levels, but it's roughly 45% to, to 70%. But here there's like a picture and it says brain, um, would be 75% water, blood, 83% water, heart, 79% bones, 22% and, and, and kidneys, 83% liver, 85% muscle, 75%. So you're like, oh my gosh, my muscles and my bones and my joints and always hurting. I'm always getting migraines. And you're not drinking water, but you're only drinking caffeine. Nine times out of 10, you're not getting enough water, <laughs> like at all. And so what you're supposed to do is, um, is you're supposed to have a specific amount of ounces per day to help you with how much water, like to help your body regulate what it needs to be. And it's like every pound that you weigh, you're supposed to have half an ounce to an ounce of water to help your body be able to regulate what you are drinking. Um, and, and like, I, I have a, one of my brothers, he's, he's sharing, uh, publicly about his liver, uh, from overconsumption of alcohol. And he's like, I used to drink, like I'd stream and like every single day I'd have 18 cans of beer and it's like, oh my goodness, how much water have you been drinking? He's like, I wouldn't drink anything but beer. And so he's had severe liver, liver damage because of that. And it's like, that's almost a reputable damage to his body. But he's like, I, I need to stop drinking this. And so he's trying to drink more water. And like, imagine, like imagine his body, if he had, you know, 18 cans of water a day, his body would be processing things so well. And, and I think that, that, you know, there's just the shame factor of just like, oh my God, well, it's like, pause, stop shaming people, but let's be honest. Why is it important for you to be healthy? It's to help you, your mind and your body be able to function. If you are like not functioning, like it's not, hey, cut caffeine out. Don't ever have caffeine again. What it is, is you need to have water for your body to sustain itself. You need to have food to get energy. But the problem is we live in a society that is over-consuming of everything, not just food, but everything that we don't know how to portion control. We have addictive personalities and we don't know how to control that. So this is a not, this is not a shame conversation. This is just a factual conversation of just like, what can we do to do better? And for me, what I've had to do is understand where my vitamins and my minerals are not taking place and get those supplements in and then drink enough water and eat enough food. And then I'm going to be healthier. Um, and, and, you know, recognizing that sometimes there's days that my body's like, I can't have you do that workout because it hurts and be like, okay, I'm gonna stretch. I'm going to stretch instead. And I have felt so much better. I have actually felt really good during my pregnancy because of listening to different people um, and what they eat and stuff and listening to my body. Um, and I'm so thankful that my body is being able to process the food it eats because that would really suck to be constipated all the time. Um, it would really suck to be overweight and um, hurting my baby, but also to just like my body, like the recovery period afterwards. 
what I do during my pregnancy also affects me after. So I want to make sure I'm doing good after as well. And, and honestly, like the, and here you're going to be like, oh my gosh, you're crazy, (laughs) but it's true. What you eat and drink also plays into how you feel. Um, and how your mind reacts. Depression and anxiety are also two things that a lot of people struggle with. And when you take care of your body, you're less likely to be anxious. Um, And when you're moving around, your body gets uh, adrenaline and endorphins to um, that make you feel good. And so it's actually proven that like people with anxiety and depression that work out, they feel a lot better because they're moving their body. And their body is releasing what it needs to release. And it releases the stress and the anxiety and gives it positive stuff. And the person starts to feel better. But we don't want to do that sometimes. So um, that is what, you know, it is. It is a fact. We have a a huge obesity problem. We have a huge um, uh, mental disability, not mental disability, mental um, block when it comes to how to properly eat. Uh, We have a lot of anxiety and depression in our society. And I think a lot of this just comes down to how we eat and feel about ourselves. So if we were to take control of that a little bit better and and work out to be healthy and strong and eat to be healthy and strong, we will start to see a positive change in our life that we didn't get to see before. So that, that is, it's unfortunate, um, but it kind of is what it is. And I think we need to be more comfortable talking about this because if I had known so many more people had struggled with the eating disorder or even how to eat or nutritional uh, facts and stuff like that, like people would have been able to guide me a little bit faster. Probably wouldn't have spent all my, my eight-year-old to 32-year-old self struggling as much as I have if I had known other people had experienced this as well. So I want to open this conversation. If you have struggled with an eating disorder before um, or are currently, um, what are some things that you were doing that helped and has helped? Where are some areas that you want to grow in? And what are some things that maybe you have done that you're like, oh, that did not help. (laughs) It it doesn't help to see people's um, bodies all the time. Sometimes it's just like, hey, I have to unfollow people because I just see this gorgeous person standing in front of me and I'm comparing myself to you right now. Maybe right now is not a good time to follow you um, on social media or or the way you eat is over the top and I can't consume that. So when we go somewhere, I'm, I'm just going to have to eat alone for a minute, um, but I can't keep up with your eating. Um, or like to let you know, like, Hey, can you keep me accountable? Like, I know you can eat a lot, but I can't, if you start to see that I'm, I'm like just eating to eat cause I'm bored. I bored eat, um, kind of ask if you want to go on a walk. Like it's not going to offend me and then don't let it offend you. I think that's the, the hardest part. <laughs> Sometimes you're like, I, I want accountability. And then you get it and you're like, I'm so offended and hurt because you told me the truth. And honestly, I've struggled with that too. So I get that. And that's not to mock anybody. Like I just understand that emotion and feeling. Um, so yeah. Um, if you have anything that's worked for you, put it in the comments. If you've had things that have not worked for you, put it in the comments. Let's have a conversation about this. I think more people need to understand that it is a thing. Um, and we need to talk about it openly. Um, so yeah, I'm here for you. 
So next week, we're going to be talking about a different topic. If you have questions, comments, go ahead and leave them there. If you want to talk to someone, message us on the DK Education Consulting Group, or you can reach out to Dr. D. Keating on Instagram and Dr. Denisha Keating on Facebook, and we can talk. I will see you guys next week. You guys have a great weekend.